Hello, this is Jonathan, and this is a message on Exodus 15, verses 1 through 21. If you haven't already read the text, please pause here and read the text. The rest of the message presumes you're familiar with the scripture, and brief references will be made to it without rereading the verses to keep the time down. You may also want to pause here and watch the video if you haven't. These are my top 10 victory songs you might hear on the radio. We love a winner, and anthems are often played at the end of sporting events. We're likely very familiar with songs like We Will Rock You or Seven Nation Army or We Are the Champions. When the dust is settled and the victory is secure, it seems that we will dance and sing. Exodus 15 is a record of Israel's victory song, celebrating God's triumph over his enemies, Egypt's Pharaoh and his army. You've likely been introduced to many characterizations of God up to this point. God as a mystery, God as Father, God as Spirit, God as Holy, God as Healer, God as Protector. And Exodus 15, this song of deliverance, introduces to us a new concept. God the warrior. The God who wipes out his enemies. Recall from our sermon series who an enemy of God is. We learn this from Pharaoh. God's enemies are those who A, oppress, kill, and neglect God's children, and B, those who have a hard, disobedient heart that puts themselves in charge. They try to dethrone God and run their own universe. We see that in Exodus 15 verses 7 and 9. And this is what this song is about. There is only one true God. No person, phenomenon, idol, demon, philosophy, or activity will be able to stand up to the eternal mighty one. The song declares in verse 11, Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. This is also Palm Sunday. A time when the church sings, Hosanna, God, come and save us. And think about the people who gathered 2,000 years ago to welcome Jesus in triumph in his holy city, in Jerusalem. Think about how he came in a different way of victory, not on a war horse, but on a colt, coming to bring peace. And Jesus does this in a surprising way. He lays his life down and conquers his enemies by bringing them back to himself. He destroys the powers of sin and death with ho which hover over humanity. And that's why when we sing, Hosanna, God, come and save us, we declare to the powers and principalities, to ourselves and the rest of the world, that there's no one like Jesus, no figure in history, has sacrificed and made such a difference in the world. Who's laid down their life for you? Who has the teachings and wisdom like God? To whom belongs the highest praise? Only one, the overcomer of sin and death. It is God who wins. You know, we all need a winner. I have a confession. Uh, I am a Patriots fan. And that can really turn some people off. They don't even want to talk to me after that. But in addition to growing up in Newfoundland and that being the only team that I could watch, one of the reasons I love the Patriots is I need a winner. 
I myself, I can't throw a football. I can't take a tackle. And most of my life is pretty simple and plain mundane. And once a week, I need somebody to produce a win for me. Or I'll never win a Super Bowl. I'll win a championship, get a medal. And a team does that for me. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, they give that to me. And I know this is true because I also followed the Canucks. And I stopped watching the Canucks. I became sort of, I guess, a bandwagon fan because when they stopped winning, I wasn't interested. They weren't doing anything for me. See, everybody needs a winner. But all the winners in life are temporary. We need some eternal winner. And God does that for us. God brings us to his championship, and as we praise him, we get caught up in his victory. And that's what Exodus 15 is about. So how does God work victory as a warrior? This song tells us the specifics in a poetic fashion, just as every good song should. In verse 1, we see he's hurled horse and rider into the sea. His right arm has shattered the enemy. In verse 6, Egypt and its gods have suffered a humiliating defeat. It's a blowout win. God and his people are vindicated. The enslaved people are now free, and they're free to worship God as he promised. And consequently, Yahweh is revealed as the free and powerful God, greater than Egypt's pantheon of gods. Verse 13 introduces the purpose for which the Israelites have been permitted to escape the doomed Egyptian army. God has redeemed his people in order to lead them to, and this is important, his holy dwelling. So what is God's holy dwelling? We learn from the story that it's not a specific place, but it's the journey of the people of God through the wilderness. Wherever God is, that's his holy dwelling. Wherever, whenever we are with him, we are in his holy dwelling. And we know God is everywhere. And so the holy dwelling is the journey of the people of God through the wilderness Times where there's an oasis, times where there's a holy mountain, times when you cross the river, times when you're fed and provided for, and times when there's grumbling and judgment. God is leading his people with his word and his presence. God's dwelling is wherever he is, and he is with you, and he is for you. He is working out provision, and his victory invites you into the caring relationship he wants to have personally with you. When you accept God's leadership like that of a good parent, he leads you in triumphant procession into his holy dwelling. This is something that Paul the Apostle grabbed onto in Colossians 2 verse 13 through 15. It says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. He set us aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Some people only want a nice, loving God. 
That's great when everything's fine, but what if you're oppressed and need someone to help you? What if that bully is real and you really can't fight back against her? What if you have an addiction that you cannot break? What if you have a debt you can't pay? What if you're sick and the battle is just too much for you? You need some medicine. You need someone to fight for you. And God is here to step in and take on the fight when you can't fight anymore. When I grew up, I used to love to watch the WWF and things like WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And one of my favorite wrestlers was Hulk Hogan. And almost every match, if he was in a tag team, there would be this time when he is getting beaten down. And then all of a sudden, he he would be down and his opponent would be distracted and he would crawl over to the other side of the ring and eventually tag somebody like Randy Macho Man Savage. And there, Randy would come in and would wreak havoc. And that's what we need to do when we have a God who fights for us, is actually reach out and touch and tag Jesus so that he can go in the ring and fight our battles. See, Jesus reveals God reveals in the Bible that he is the God who fights for us. And why? Well, Exodus 15 tells us. There's two reasons. The first is that all nations will fear God. And that's in verse 14 through 16. And the second is God will bring his people to his holy dwelling. In verse 17, God wants to bring all of his children into his victory. He welcomes all into his home. And this is the final victory that God is aiming for. God's enemy is your enemy. And what is the ultimate enemy? Death and its army, sin. God has won a victory over these ultimate powers in the person, presence, and power of Jesus' resurrection. It was a victory that affects the past giving resurrection to those who live by faith but didn't know the promise yet to come. It's a victory for the future. We see in Revelation a mighty chorus singing another victory song in Revelation 5. You are worthy because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God people from every tribe and language and people and nation. And it continues... Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Not only because of who God is, but because of what he's done. He's won the victory. And because you know the past victory in Jesus and you can see the future victory of God, you can claim his victory in the here and now. You can anticipate his triumph over the powers, over viruses, over abandonment and isolation, over poverty. We Christians can work in his strength and hope and making his kingdom's victory a present reality. Even if we don't have the physical victory right now, we can have victory in our spirit. The Bible teaches us that you are seated with Christ in victory. Your spiritual status is secure if you're a Christian. That spiritual victory can give you joy despite the circumstances. Today, do you have the peace that passes all understanding? 
This victory is simple to achieve. It's simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's a battle, a battle of faith and acceptance, having the faith of a child. It's having the divine imagination to set eternity on your heart and not be so caught up in the present that you cannot cope. Today, you need to claim the victory of God despite the presence of the enemy, despite how long this journey is going to take. For your God is a mighty warrior and he is fighting for you. You don't have to do a thing. You do have some time, some time right now in self-isolation, some time uh, where right now you might need to sing. And when you sing God's deliverance song, the enemy flees and you sing and practice God's great love in your life. You can claim the victory today. So why don't you right now just go on to some worship playlist and sing a hallelujah in the presence of your enemies. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you that your victory is secure, that what you've done in leading Israel out of Egypt and delivering them from their enemies, you do for us today. You've done that and proven your power and might in dying on the cross. And you do it again by your spirit. And we claim that victory today over our enemies. We name them. And we trust in you and your power. We say you're greater and that your victory is secure. Would you come and give us that victory today? Thank you that you came to us. Thank you for your presence now. Amen.